What's up everyone? Welcome back. I took a little break from this podcast but I'm back now and I want to take some time to talk about this idea of intimacy with God and identity because I believe that these two parts of the Christian life are the most important part of the Christian walk. Well, welcome back. I know it's been a while since the last episode. I took a few weeks off um, from making podcasts. Not for any particular reason, I just took a rest from it, I guess. And these past few weeks have been been pretty good for me. Um, the first the first week off, I actually went on a camp, a youth camp, one day that I was helping out, leading it. And it was an interesting experience for me. Um, you know, we learned a lot of things as a church and as a, as a youth group. But yeah, that's that's another story for another time. But today, I wanted to talk about this topic of intimacy with God and identity. And the reason I do is because I believe that this topic, intimacy and identity, is arguably the most important topic in the Christian life. And that these two tools, intimacy and identity, are the most powerful tools in the Christian walk and will help you stay strong. And what do I mean? When I mean intimacy with God, I'm talking about your relationship with God. And when I say identity, it's pretty it's pretty straightforward, right? Identity is who you are. And I believe that we need to be grounded so strongly in these two topics, these two principles, these two foundations of intimacy and identity. These are our starting places. So why is it important? Well, firstly, identity. We all need a sense of identity. I think whether you know it or not, We all put our identity, our value, our worth in something. You know, for some people it might be their career. Maybe that's what they put their identity, their their value, their worth in that. Maybe some people, they put their value and their worth in their friends. Or social media, or something like that. Or how, how many friends they got, or how many people follow them, or how many likes they got. And that's another big part of identity, and that's what people put their identity in. For some people. And another thing that people can do is put their identity... And their church attendance or their performance. But you know what? All these things, they're pretty... I don't know if you've noticed, but they they can change easily. These things are pretty shaky. Your status, how many friends you have, they might change over time. You know, how many followers on social media have, you know, they can go high, they can go low, the likes can go high, the likes can go low. And you know, even your church performance, maybe, maybe you've been struggling. And you might feel, if your identity's in your performance, then guess what? If your performance is bad, then so will your sense of identity be. So all these things, we can't put our identity in those things. And there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a sense of identity, but it must be put in the right place. So it's so important to know your identity. And we have to put our identity in the right place. You know, Jesus tells a story of the house built on sand and the house built on stone on the rock. The house that was built on sand, that one washed away fast. When the storms came, the house was the house was ruined because it was built on a on a faulty foundation. And likewise, the rock, it was built on a strong foundation. The house built on the rock was a strong foundation. And you know what? When the storm came, when the winds blew, that house stood strong. And it should be the same for us when I, with our identity. If our identity is on the sand, on the on the unstable foundation, guess what? When the storm come, when the storms of life come. And when, when circumstances change, guess what? Your identity will change too if it's not built on a solid foundation. 
But likewise, if our foundation of identity is built on the rock, on something that doesn't change, then guess what? It's going to be strong. So what do we put our identity in? What is it? Let me tell you this. Your identity as a Christian, when you were born again, wasn't your performance. It wasn't what people think about you or what people say about you. That's not your identity. Your identity at the core of your being is found in Christ. So this is our foundation as Christians, our identity. Guess what? It's found in Christ. You know what the Bible says about Christ? He is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. Your circumstances may change. What people say about you may change. Your social media may change. But guess what? There's one thing that does not change. And that's Christ. That's his love for you. Put your identity in the love of God. In the love of Christ. That's who you truly are. When no one's watching in the secret place, you can learn to receive the love of God. Your identity is found in Christ. In Christ, you are made righteous. You're holy. You're dearly loved. Believe these things. Put your identity in the word of God, the Bible. Put your identity in those things. And guess what? When the world changes, when the circumstances come, and when the storms come, you'll be strong. You'll stand strong because your foundation is built on the rock and not on the sand. Your foundation of identity is founded in Christ and not your circumstances. There's a good quote from one of my favorite preachers, and his name is Dan Moller, and he says this, The measuring stick of God's love is Christ crucified and not your circumstances. And guess what? I can say this too. The measuring stick of your value and your identity is Christ crucified, not your circumstances. Your value and identity is not based on your circumstance, but on the love of God, the love of Christ that's in you and has been poured out on you. So we need to be founded in this idea that we are loved by God and that our foundation is in Him and that no matter what people say, no matter what happens in this world, I'm going to stand strong because my identity is in Him. I believe that intimacy with God is the most important aspect of the Christian life. That's where we live from, that's where we overflow from, is the intimacy with God, knowing God. You know, we talk about eternal life, and often when we say eternal life, all we do is think about heaven, and going to heaven one day. We think of eternal life as some far-off, distant time when I die, and that's eternal life. But guess what? That's not it. Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says this, it says that God has put eternity on the hearts of men, of all men. So inside every person, there's this longing, there's this desire for eternal life. But what is eternal life? Look what Jesus says. In John 17.3, Jesus says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So eternal life isn't about going to heaven one day. Eternal life is to know him. And that's what eternal life is. Deep inside every single believer and every single person that's ever existed was this longing for eternity and this longing for relationship with something higher than themselves. But little did they know that it was God. That was what they were looking for. And Christ revealed that to us. That that thing that we were desiring, that eternal life that we were looking for, ultimately, it's found in God. Eternal life isn't heaven one day. Eternal life isn't just praying a prayer. Eternal life is to know him. It's not about knowing about him. It's not about how many degrees and scholarships you have. That's not what eternal life is. Eternal life is to know him. That's one of the biggest keys to the Christian life is just to know him. You know, Jeremiah, he says that the wise 
should not boast in their wisdom, the strong should not boast in their strength, but let him who boasts boast in this one thing, that they know me. So we should be boasting, not that we're so smart and that we've got everything figured out, but we should boast in the fact that we know him. We know him because God has come near to us. You know, often in the life of Jesus, he went away from all the noise and he went to be with the Father. That was Jesus' example. And if that's his example, then we ought to follow it. We should be doing that. We should be getting away from the noise of life. And it doesn't mean you have to go up on a mountain and pray, but it does mean that we should, we should commune with God. Away from the noise of life, away from the hype, away from the loud music, when no one's watching, we should be communing with God. And I'm not saying this in a legalistic way, but all I am saying is that in your heart, you can commune with God. That's a blessing, that's an amazing thing that God has given us, this ability to be intimate with Him. And I like this analogy when it comes to it, because I believe that in that intimate place, when no one's watching, Jesus calls it the secret place, in the secret place when no one's watching, that's where God does His best work on you. That's when He starts to mould you and transform you into what He's created you to be. And that's when you start to see more and more of who you truly are. It's all a perspective issue. If you don't believe that you are loved by God, and if you don't believe that you are holy and righteous, then guess what? You're not going to live like it. But in the secret place, that's where God changes our minds. He changes our minds. He changes the thoughts of our, of our hearts. And he helps us realize who we truly are, and God, and God transforms us. And I like this analogy of, of a sculpture. I, I heard a preacher share this vision he had one day. And it was, there was this master, he was, he was a sculptor, and he had this, this grand creation that he was covered up in tarp for so long. And ultimately, after, after a while of, of no one seeing it because it's under this tarp, the sculptor, he takes off the covering, he takes off the tarp, and he shows everyone this amazing creation. And I believe that it's the same with us in the secret place. When we're communing with God and when we get to know the heart of God, God is working on us, he's sculpting us, he's making us more and more like him, so that when we go into the world, we can shine just like him. When we go into the world, God takes the covers off and shows this is who you truly are. And you know, all creation is waiting for the sons of God to be made manifest. And to you, you are God's creation. You are God's handiwork. So when you spend time in the secret place, God's working on you. When you spend time in the secret place, that's where you get to know the heart of God. And that's when you start to see your value. And not just your value, but the value of all other people. And God takes a tap off you and he shows you to the world and says, Here we go. That's my amazing creation. That's my son. The secret place is so important for us. This is what David says in Psalm 27, verses 4. He says, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. Psalm 27, verse 4. David desired to be in God's presence. Our main goal is to know him. And we can know him because he lives in us. You know, David, he was living before Christ and he had this desire, this yearning to know him. And guess what? Now in Christ, we have a much greater promise. We have a much greater assurance that we can know him. We don't just have to seek him, but we can know him. We have such an opportunity to know him now, unlike any other person in all eternity. We have an opportunity, unlike those before Christ, to know God in such an intimate way. God lives in us. We can know him and we should use and utilize that. The fact that the God of the universe is living inside me and I can commune with him, that's an amazing thing. I want to do that. I want to commune with him. I want to be intimate with him. And I believe that when you spend time in intimacy with God and when you spend time in a secret place, that's where the most growth happens. Because you're away from the noise, you're away from the hype of the crowd, and it's just you and God. And you can hear God. And that's the amazing thing about intimacy. So you should never be discouraged from being intimate with God. And don't mistake this, I'm not saying that if you're not spending, you know, I'm not saying this, that you have to spend two hours praying to God. But what I am saying is that in your heart, you can commune with Him. 
you know, in the secret place when you have time. You can say, Father, I thank you for loving me. Father, I thank you for making me who I truly am. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. You don't have to kneel on the ground for six hours a day, every day. You don't have to do that. If you want to, you can do that, but you don't have to. It's all about positioning of your heart. And intimacy is that very thing. The secret place doesn't mean you have to go into your room. The secret place is your heart. You know, away from the noise in your heart, you can thank God. You can commune with Him. And that's, that's what I love to do. You know, oftentimes when I'm, you know, when I'm alone at home, I spend time in my room and I say, Father, thank you for loving me. And that's all I do. I just thank him and I've learned to receive those things. And that's the point of intimacy. The point of intimacy is to love him and to be loved by him. That's the point of it. It's relationship. Christianity isn't some formula. Christianity isn't some doctrine. Christianity is to know him. And that's all we want to do as Christians is to know him more and more. His love for us never changes. And that's our desire is to know more and more of just how much he loves us. So let me say this again. We need to know our identity in Christ and we need to be in intimacy with God. Because in that secret place, in the intimacy of God, God starts revealing more and more of who you are. In that secret place, God starts to mold you and shape you into who created you to be. The secret place is where you start to learn your value and you start to learn the love of God. And the secret place is the key, I believe, to growing in Christ. And that should be our main goal as Christians, is to know the love of God and to put our identity in who He says, he are, says we are. That's one thing that will not change for all eternity is that God loves us and that we can know him and that should be our delight and our desire as Christians is just to know him let's pray father I thank you that we can know you father I thank you that as Christians father that we've been made whole and father I thank you that all humans father are created in your image and are loved by you so father help us to know more and more of just how much you love us father and help us to spend time with you, Father. Help us to commune with you. Father, I thank you that in the secret place where no one's watching, Father, we can know you for ourselves. We don't have to rely on a pastor. We don't have to rely on a sermon. We don't have to rely on a church service, Father. But we can come to you and know you for you yourself, Father. So we honor you and we worship you in Jesus' name.